1: everyone, to another edition of the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined by my co-host, Royce Fisher, here in just a second. Welcome, everyone, to our program. Again, you can follow us online at rfsportsradio.com, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. we got a big, big show for you guys today. are going to talk about NFL Week 5, the sports, and the highlights from that week also get into a little bit of other information as well from the MLB Playoffs, all the way to some of the injuries with RG3. We'll talk a little bit about Tebow, and, of course, talk about the Texas Rangers and the war of words between Mark Cuban and Darren Williams. Of we'll get into a little bit about the ESPN Special Growth. We'll talk a little bit about that. So we we'll are taking your phone calls as well. Follow up online right now at rfsportsradio.com for information on how to get in contact with us or on our show. So without further ado, let me bring on the part of our show, the one and only,
0: Mr. Roy Fisher. Well, hello, Rodney. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, sir. How are you?
0: I'm doing great today. A uh, little concerned about the math, but other than that, I'm okay.
1: Well, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Of course, they got the, had a loss yesterday, but I don't think it's time to panic. But we're getting in further details about that later on in the show. But overall, I think you got to be at least excited about the season starting. The you know, football's in full swing, Major League Baseball playoffs. So you got to be at least excited about some things that are going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. But as a Dallas resident, I'm kind of sad because doesn't it doesn't look like we're going to have hockey. The Rangers are out of the playoffs. The Cowboys aren't doing very well. And we got an injured Dirk Nabisky. So, as a Dallas resident, I am a little concerned.
1: All right, we're going to get into that as well, too.
0: Let's start off our show
1: with the NFL in Week 5 and some of the scores and highlights from Week 5. We'll go through this pretty quick because we have a lot of stuff to cover in today's uh, show. But we'll touch on the topics as we need to touch on them as we go. The Dolphins uh, surprisingly get a win over the Bengals, 17-13, Tannehill had a had a you know decent game after after going, coming up four yards short last week on breaking Cam Newton's rookie record, and they get the win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I was a little surprised by that, especially that being a road game for the Dolphins. Were you surprised the Dolphins got the win
0: there? Yes, I am. I I picked Cincinnati to win that game. I was surprised, and you know Tannehill is coming into his own now. Yeah, you know, I was surprised he got the start job. You and I both were surprised. But uh, they did get the win, and Cincinnati finally came up short. But that's typical of Cincinnati. They play good one or two weeks, and then they did the you know, the week after.
1: You know, the Dolphins have been getting really close pretty much all season, but they finally put together everything they need to do in the fourth quarter to pull out a win. So a good win for the Miami Dolphins, who are now 2-3. and three on the season, and the Bengals, of course, are 3-2 and two at this point. Let's talk about the Packers and the Colts. The Colts get the win 30-27 to 27 over the Green Bay Packers. A very emotional game for the Colts and their franchise, especially for Reggie Wayne, and Reggie Wayne had a huge day. Uh, he ended up going 13 receptions, 212 yards, one TD, and that TD that he had was probably the most important of the game. They gave them the win uh, to go up by three points. Uh, well, give him a chance to go for two to go up by three points. But, you know, Reggie Wayne has been playing with Chuck Pagano since his days at the University of Miami. And, of course, as we talked about last show, he's battling leukemia, a treatable form of leukemia, won't be with the team this season or at least have to coach the team this season. And he was in the hospital room watching this game. You have to imagine the excitement, the elation on his face seeing that Reggie Wayne was and the team won that game over Green Bay.
0: Yeah, and I was surprised, but like I said, I think the team won one for the Gipper. You know how they do. I think they dedicated the game to him. It looked like Andrew Luck found him a target. If he can get Reggie Wayne the ball like that every week, they got a good chance of winning.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. You know, and you know, this is one game. I understand that, but the coast are two and two. I mean, they're a five hundred team right now. I mean, can they ride the momentum? of, you know, Chuck Strong is, is what they're calling it in, in Indianapolis. They got shirts saying Chuck Strong to really show the support for Pagano. Can they ride their momentum throughout the entire season? I mean, they beat a good Green Bay Packers team.
0: Right. And I, I was surprised. Are the Green Bay Packers that bad or are the Colts that much better? That's a good question. And I don't know good. the answer to that. We'll see next week.
1: And then, of course, moving on to the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Ravens are 4 1 after getting the win. They won 9 6 in a very, very ugly game. Flacco had one of his worst games and couldn't pick a better time to have a bad game. I start him on my fantasy team, and he goes 13 for 27, 187 yards, no touchdowns. And, of course, you know about the the quarterback situation in Kansas City Matt Castle gets hurt. Then Brady Quinn comes in, he gets hurt and they had to finish the game with their third uh, quarterback. I can't remember the guy's name. But they won down yeah. to six in a, in a field goal game. I'm really surprised at the Ravens. And, and you know what? I shouldn't be surprised. Cause I think every season the Ravens have their one game where they ugly get, game, they one ugly game. But but at least they won this ugly game.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I was surprised that the game was so close. I looked for the. Baltimore to just run away with that. Actually, Kansas City played good for a while. But, like you say, everybody has an ugly game. Hopefully this is their ugly game. They got it out of the way. But I was really upset at the fans. I don't know if they were booing for Matt Castle or uh, Jim for the backup quarterback. Which one was
1: it? Well, that's, that's what I want to get into next. I mean, Eric Winston made the comments after the game about how he felt like the fans were booing uh well, actually cheering, I'm sorry, for Matt Castle when he got hurt. And then of course the has been made about that throughout the week. You know, was he were they cheering for Matt Castle, were they cheering for Brady Quinn? Should the fans behave in such a manner? And, and in my opinion, you can't you cannot determine how a grown man or grown woman or any fan reacts to a certain situation. if you've been on a team like the Kansas City Chiefs have been on for the last nineteen years, no playoff wins you know they, they they they've been through everything with this team. They support this team through thick and thin. And if you feel like your quarterback can't play, then yeah, you know you, you're gonna you're gonna want another quarterback to get in there. You don't want to see the guy get carried off in the stretcher. You want to see where he can't walk again. You want to see anything you know terminally happen to the guy. But if the guy's not playing well, then you know I think you, as a fan you're more within your right to boo, cheer, whatever you want to do. You know, it has been several times when I, I've seen Tony Romo get hurt and thought, okay, well, good, now get somebody else in there, you know, because yeah. maybe he wasn't playing well, or maybe I want to see somebody else get the shot, and we all know the back of quarterback has got to be pretty proper, especially Brady Quinn in Kansas City.
0: Right. But, you know, what I think is uh, Matt Castle was supposed to be the savior of that franchise. He hadn't really – you know, came up to expectations, and I think people were just kind of tired of it, and they did. But when, you know, Jamal Charles played great in that game, he had 140 yards rushing. But other than that, Matt Castle has been kind of a disappointment in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, he has. He had that one good year, his first year there, and since then they really haven't done anything. Uh, Matt Castle, or the Chiefs organization for that matter, and, and the fans, I think, are more within their right to do whatever they want to do, you know, at that point. But do you, think that, do you think that Eric Winston, you know, overreacted by making those comments? Do you think he was you know, trying to put everybody in the same category? you think that was a bad idea?
0: Yeah, I think it was because, you know, majority of the Kansas City, you know, we have to allow the space to play. Most of them are cheering for the Chiefs all the time, but. You know they get frustrated after a while, man. You know you pay your money, go to the game, you support the team 100, percent and you get let down year after year. That's kind of be a disappointment. But you're right, they they support them, win or lose, and uh, they have, they do have the right to voice their opinions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, nevertheless, the Ravens get the win. They play the Cowboys next week. A lot of talk about that on our next show, of course, previewing Week right. Six with the Cowboys going to Baltimore to play a team that's probably a little upset about the way they played the week before. That ought to be an interesting game for both teams. Uh, the Giants, they get the win over the uh, winless Browns, 41-27. to 27. Eli Manning had a great day, 25-37, 259 yards, three TDs. And Amar Bradshaw, just out of nowhere, 30 carries, yeah. 200 yards, and one TD. I mean, I, of course, taking advantage of that Browns defense, I think that's really what what happened. But you know, uh, on a on a lighter note, the Cleveland Browns, I think, have found a running back. I mean, Trent Richardson has scored a touchdown. Right. He's played in five games, he got five touchdowns. You know, that, that's a pretty good running back situation for Cleveland. Just they're unable to put it all together, and now the Giants look like the Super Bowl contenders once again. Uh, the Eagles and the Steelers. The Steelers beat the Eagles 16-14, to a game where Michael Vick turned the ball over late, which really plagued and gave the Steelers a chance to, to win the game. This Eagles team was really so hard to figure out, Royce. You don't know if they really are a great team. I mean, they came in the game 3-1, one, one of the best records in the NFC. They beat the Giants. They beat the Baltimore Ravens. You know, now it seems like they're going to go however Vick goes. If Vick has a lot of turnovers, then they,
0: they're probably going to lose the game. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And uh, I thought that was a real good game. But uh, if the Giants get a running game, I, I'm telling you, the rest of the NFL, you better look out. Because we know they're a passing team, but for them to get Bradshaw running like that, if he can produce like that, that there'd be a real battle offense.
1: So what about the Eagles-Pillers game?
0: That That's... That's a, uh, okay, the Eagles Steelers game and, and we're gonna talk about that but I, I thought that was probably one of the best games on T V. Great, great game. Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I really don't know this Eagle team. As much talent as they have on the you know, on their team and we know Pittsburgh wasn't gonna lose that many games in a row. They had to start out real good. But uh I, I thought uh that was a real hard-hitting, and tumble game. And like I said, I don't see Big to make it the rest of the year if they don't protect him.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that. Definitely understand that. Uh, then, of course, well, the Falcons and the Redskins, the Falcons undefeated at 5-0, and taking on the uh, Washington Redskins. And I, I thought the Redskins may have had a chance this game. I think the biggest story from this one, other than the Redskins, I mean the Falcons staying undefeated, has to be – Rg three getting hurt taking the concussion. We talked about all week, all uh, season so far this long about how rg three is taking a lot of punishment, a lot of hits like Michael Vick was taking, and now we see that he finally you know does get injured with the concussion. And so it was so bad at one point that it's been reported that he didn't know what quarter he was in, didn't know what the score was, and they kind of downplayed it throughout the game. But the guy had a serious concussion. Now, he, he did yeah. show back up for practice. They they plan that he will play next week. But you got to be a little leery about a guy that is taking that kind of punishment because we don't want to shorten this guy's career as explosive as he is.
0: Absolutely. And I know the big letdown for watch the Redskins. They did have a chance to win this game, but Matt Ryan was on fire, 345 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception in that game. That was another great hard-hitting game. I thought it was good. Watson had a chance to win it. I think had he not been taken out of the game, they probably could have won this game. But, again, Atlanta continues to win, and you got to give them credit. You know, these guys are pretty good.
1: So what about uh, RG3 and the the injury?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I hope he does come back next week. Big disappointment, like I said, for him to come out and get hurt. But that's part of the game. I hope this doesn't affect him later on, you know, make him gun-shy. Maybe it's just welcome to the NFL. But I hope he's okay.
1: Yeah, well, well as I mentioned um, earlier in the show, he has returned to practice yesterday and expected to play here in week six um, after going through that concussion. But the concussion was a pretty, pretty bad deal the Redskins just got to figure out a way to kind of get this guy some protection, maybe maybe run some more. You know, they, they run this option play that puts him at risk every time. And then, of right, course, right. he likes to scramble around and run bootlegs and things of that nature. And I'm not saying limit him, but at the same time, he has to kind of protect people from themselves. And he hasn't been taking any kind of NFL hits throughout college. And now he – hopefully this they can <clears> – <throat> excuse me, two gun shy – uh, before he starts kind of changing up his game, so I hope he can still stay RG
0: three and uh, and still make it happen. So uh, yeah, C-Ros you have to be put... careful. Go ahead, you have to be careful about these running quarterbacks because you are putting them at risk anytime he runs the ball. But uh, I, I like to see them protect him better and give him, you know, the running be the last option instead of a design running play for a quarterback. I think that should be the last option. You know, for them to do is run the ball. But when you have him running as much as they do, he's bound to get hurt.
1: And, and the thing is, they found a good running back. I mean, they have Alfred uh, right. Morris, who is doing a great job so far. I mean, the guys, you know, had uh, had 115 yards last week, and plus he's, he's done such a good job of um, rushing the ball for them this season. So I, they they've got a good guy in place. It's got to kind of make it or put it all together at, at this point. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks and the uh, Carolina Panthers, and I want to spend a little time with this game to discuss more about Cam Newton. But in this game, Seattle gets the win uh, over over the uh, Carolina Panthers, and I know Seattle's defense is very very good, so I'm not so much surprised about the win. But what I am surprised about is the aftermath and the criticism that Cam Newton is taking for the loss. A lot of people are saying that he's not able to deal with criticism very well. His dad comes out and makes a statement about him uh, always acting like this, not being able to deal with criticism since he was seven years old. Uh, and I think that's just a bad, bad thing for the Panthers. And they're taking a, a huge step back. A team I thought was really trying to come into their own potential playoff contender. Now they're one and four at this point. And, and Cam, it looks like that whole rookie season he had was a, was a fluke at this point.
0: Well, yeah, and no, I, I would say uh, they didn't do anything better to protect him. He, You know, he last year he managed to escape the rush that everybody put on him, but this year it seemed like the, they're showing the flaws of the of the offensive line, not giving him enough time to protect. But, you know, you brought up a good point about him uh, regressing, you know, like he did. But, you know, if you think about it, this guy has been on top of the world ever since high school, college, he won a championship. He was drafted high in the NFL. He had a great year that year. But, you know, last year when they were losing all behind in the game, we saw him go to the sideline and put a towel over his head. I thought that was kind of weird, you know, uh, for him to cover up and regress like that. And his dad did come out and say that. But, you know, he's going to do something about that attitude because uh, this is a league where you have to – you, you, you can't act like that, Rodney. You can't be selfish, you know. And it's a team sport, not an individual sport. That's something he's going to, have to overcome. Is not you're not going to get all the uh, acclimates you got in high school and college, and uh, it, it's it's a it's a long struggle to make it to the top of the NFL. We saw it with with uh, a lot of quarterbacks, you know. Tony Romo sat on the bench for years before he started playing, and uh Cam Newton came out at the starter, So, really, that's something he's going to to get over with. Maybe he needs to see somebody about it. But I thought even then when he was putting a towel over his head while they were losing the game, I thought that was kind of selfish.
1: Yeah, and and what I don't want to happen is I don't want it to be, uh, you know, a a Vince Young type situation. Because I'm getting comparisons to Vince Young. We know how Vince Young struggled with the limelight and, and the pressure of being the Tennessee Titans franchise quarterback. So I, that, that's what I don't want to happen. But I don't know. I don't know who he has for a support team. Uh, I don't know who is really, you know, uh, in his corner. Who he's who he's telling all this information to, or who's the guy giving him advice. I have no idea. No, he's in Carolina, so he's not around a lot of, you know, big city type stuff. But at the same time, right. someone's got to really be his. Like a mentor, kind of like how Steve McNair was a right. mentor towards Vince Young, until he t- and, uh, until his untimely death, of course. But at the same time, he needs that mentor that that got him kind of guide him into being a pro quarterback in the NFL. A lot of times, these young quarterbacks end up getting get, getting with good coaches. But if you got a coach that's just as new as you are, I mean, y'all both right. started the same season. He started his first year as a head coach. Maybe you started as a quarterback, and then now you guys are growing up together. And no one's really there to kind of say, okay, this is how it should be done, this is the mistakes I made, and this is how you need to, to make them differently. And I, I think that's really hurting him. It hurts a lot of rookie quarterbacks when they get get linked with a rookie head coach or someone that doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience, maybe a lot of coordinator experience but not a head coach experience. And, of course, Ron Rivera is not, a, not an offensive coordinator. He's a defensive coordinator, right. so he doesn't really know the psyche and the makeup for uh, a quarterback, per se. So, yeah, I mean, they, they got to get someone in there that can help him kind of groom him and, and get him out of his funk. Because if he sinks now, you know, it's going to be right. even harder to try to bring him back up to the surface.
0: And, and then getting such early, uh, uh, you know, wins and and, uh, and being on top of his game. And then, you know, he set the bar real high his first year. It's kind of hard to come back and top that bar. You know the next year, but uh, he did set the ball high for himself. And you know this year being a disappointment, uh, I know that it had some effect on him. But you absolutely is right; he needs a great support group. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, the Bears get the win of the Jaguars forty-one to three. They are now four and one. Bears looking like you know a team to definitely be record rich. Uh, Brandon Marsh had another big game: twelve receptions, one hundred forty-four yards, and one TD. The Minnesota Vikings beat up on the Titans, 30-7. to 7. Uh, Christian Ponder threw for two TDs, 258 yards passing. He's coming into his own and, of course, being helped by his wide receiver, Percy Harvin, who's kind of pulling double duty. He runs some running back plays, some wide receiver plays, had a total of 108 yards of uh, receiving and one touchdown in that game. Then the Broncos and the Patriots, the highlight of Sunday, I would think, uh, the Patriots get the win, thirty-one to twenty-one. The Broncos again trying to make a late surge, had a chance to kind of get get back in the ball game. The fumble by by McGahey, he really did them in as they were driving the ball. And, and, and now I think that the Broncos coaching staff, and correct me if I'm wrong, Royce, because you follow this team a lot better than I do, uh, they're starting to realize that you know what? I know we did this in the past with McGahey, with uh, Thomas, with. Decker, all these guys. But I think they're uh-huh. learning that, you know what, when it's really time to get it done, just put the ball in Peyton Manning's hand. Don't worry about anybody else.
0: Yeah, and and, and I, I think they count on McGay here a little bit too much in that game. He did lose the ball twice, turnover twice. But uh, he, uh, Peyton Manning is a guy. You know, we've seen him done it all his career. Put the ball in his hands, let him win the game. And, and I thought the defense didn't play as well as they could have. This Denver defense is much better than what they showed Sunday, I thought. But uh, I, I think they're corrected as the time goes on. We're only in the, going into the fifth week. I, I think they'll get better. Uh, that division is really weak. But you're absolutely right. Peyton Manning is, is getting back in the floor of things, and that, that's your safety. You put the ball in his hands. Don't count on anybody else to win the game and put it on Peyton Manning. I, I think he welcomes the responsibility. So anything happened in that
1: game, I mean, I, I know you're a Broncos fan, and I thought the Broncos would get the win myself. Other than the turnovers, you know, with McGain fumbling the ball, Thomas fumbling the ball, you know, what, what do you think about, you know, the Broncos' team? You, you've seen them play some really good games. They've lost to some right. good teams, and they beat up on a team they should beat up on.
0: But what do you think about them overall? Uh, turnovers. You can't turn the ball over to a New England team, and plus, They gave him great field position every time they turned the ball over. And I thought Brady played one of his best games so far this year. But uh, they could have won. It came down to finally saw him do this two weeks in a row. Maybe they can make those corrections at the last part of the game and pull out a win. But I just thought New England just outplayed them. Mm.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, and the Eagles looking like another contender as well. Although, you know, they've had their hiccups, two straight losses this season. They kind of ride at the ship, and maybe those, those losses were was what they needed to get back on track and get Bill Belichick's message back to a lot of these younger uh, Patriot players
0: that are on the team currently right now. Uh, the and, and that defense, up- defense has gotten much better. These guys, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked Depends to pince it back to the the way they're playing now, these were a bunch of no-names last year. One or two of them were rookies. And these guys are playing like seasoned veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree to that, definitely. Uh,
1: the 49ers, they beat up on the Bills 45-3. to Don't know what's happening to the Bills. Uh, of course, their 49 defense is very tough. You see they shut out the Jets 34-0 to the week before, and now they shut out another AFC East team 45-3 with no touchdowns. So the 49ers are definitely a legitimate team to win it all. Um, And then uh, the Saints and the Chargers, the Saints, their first win, 31-24 of the Chargers. That was a Sunday night game, and Drew Brees went ahead and set the record set by Johnny United, a record that a lot of people thought would never fall, having 48 straight games with a touchdown. That goes back, I believe, three seasons. Uh, three seasons of having a touchdown in every game—that's that's pretty remarkable uh, for any quarterback to do. And Sean Payton was had a chance yeah. to go to the game and watch the game and all that good stuff. Do you do you agree with him having a chance to go see him get this record?
0: Uh, no, I don't. But I, it motivated <laughs> Drew Brees by having him at the game. Drew Brees played lights out, man, that day. But and I, I really don't agree. Commissioner, if you give somebody a punishment, you have to stick to the punishment. But you kind of back yourself up. Uh, uh, made yourself look bad by allowing him to go. It's supposed to have been for a whole year, no contact. But having them to go to the game is like you backed off some. I thought, Commissioner, it's almost saying that I, I was wrong in my decision. If you go change it like that, it's like changing horses in the middle of the stream. You can't do that. But uh, I, I thought it was uh, – I don't know if it's, he showed signs of weakness or being soft, but I, I thought they shouldn't allow him to go to the game. And it motivated Drew Brees a lot. I was happy for him. If anybody deserves to have the record, I think it's him. I don't know how long it lasts. Tom Brady's coming up on him. But I thought uh, that was a great game. I know a lot of people saw it Sunday night. And maybe this turned this franchise around. Uh, who knows?
1: Uh, they'll need a lot of work, and Drew Brees right. did throw for four touchdowns, three of those touchdowns uh, to Colston, which was a good sign to see. I know he's been battling that foot injury all year. Uh, you know, and as and, and and far as the Saints on a bigger level, we you know Roger Goodell did go back and readjust his punishment uh, for the four players that were involved. There were six right. players, and, and he reduced Jonathan Vilma's sentence by two games, but still really upheld his original uh punishment for the bounty and allowed Sean Payton to go there, I guess was a good gesture. I think it was more of a, a PR move for Roger Goodell, who's taking a lot of punishment over how he gets when the Saints players and the GM and everything else. I think it was really a PR move on his part to get some goodwill out there to the uh fans. 'Cause I think the the players don't like Goodell. I don't think the coaches like Goodell, you know, and the fans are kind of on the fence. You know, I I think if he would have left the the replacement referees in, everyone would have hated Roger Goodell by the end of the season. Now, he rectifies that problem. Now, if you're not a Saints fan, you probably don't have an opinion of Goodell in a bad way. But if you're a Saints fan, you probably don't like Roger Goodell because he's done this to your team now they're one and four. So I think since the fans are kind of on the fence about it, it was a good PR move for Goodell to allow him to,
0: to come to the game. Yeah, I I I thought that was you know, just to see the supposedly just to see him break the record, I, I thought it was great because they do have a great relationship, Drew Brees and, and, and the coach. But I, I don't know if Goodell jumped the gun, uh if he's sorry that he made the decision too early. But uh, you know, you have to put yourself in his shoes. This guy has made a lot of good and bad changes for the league. Of course you're gonna have that. You know, if you put yourself in his place, you know, he's done a lot of good for the game. And, you know, it was getting out of control in one while. And he's just, you know, he has a big job to do. And it's kind of hard to control a group of men, period, where you're in charge and you know, all the decisions are based on what you think. But so far, I had to give him a grade of a C plus. Simply by the fact that he did clean the game up, he has a lot to deal with. He suspended a lot of the players, and he kind of brought the outside attitude of some of these guys under control because a lot of them were out, they were they were just going wild when they field addicts. But uh, you know, I don't think he handled the ref strike too well. I don't think he did the punishment for the Saints too well. And he's going to have some good points and some bad points, but overall, I give him a C plus.
1: And then, of course, the uh, Jets and the Texans. The Texans get the win 23-17. They remain undefeated. And a real simple question here before we get into our next – or get into our first break. Real simple question here is, if Tebow would have been the
0: starter for that game, would the Jets have won that game? You know, that's a question everybody wants to know. I thought when he was in there he played better. It's something about Sanchez. I don't know if he can't see over the line, lineman, but the guy has thrown interception. He's incomplete passes. I thought Tebow, the way he played, gave him a better chance to win. Now, when he first came in the game, he threw a great pass that the guy dropped. It could have been a touchdown. But you could see the fire in Tebow when he came out there. When he got a first down, he jumped up. He was so excited. I think he pumps his team up. Uh Sanchez is, is in trouble. And we always said eventually before the end of the season Tebo will be the starter. But I, I thought he can, you know, we saw him do it in Denver. Can he do it in New York? We don't know. But his game management I think is a little better than Sanchez. Yeah, I, I would agree I,
1: I would agree with that. I think Sanchez tries to do a lot with his Arm and, and and let's be honest, you know, for the for the type of quarterback Sanchez is, we've got four playoff wins, you know. But the reason right. he has those wins is because the talent that he was surrounded by, you know, for the team right. that the Jets have currently right now, your most talented player on offense is Kim Tebow. Right, and he's, absolutely, he's, and, and that's why With I injury. say you have to get the ball in his hand. As the, as the way the team is constructed right now. Tebow would, be a more, would have a lot more success, especially catching the Texans with that guard down. The Jets defense, right. I thought, did a good job of holding them just to the 23 points. It could have been less than that. A couple of runs by Aaron Foster got away from them. But at the same time, the secondary for the Jets did a good job of controlling Andre Johnson to, to a point, and also the rest right. of the receivers as well, too. And I thought if Tebow would have had a chance really in that game to be the quarterback to be the guy, to pump the guys up on the field, that offensive unit especially, and then get the defense fired up, I think that they could have pulled off a victory there. And what I don't understand is how come I can see that, but Rex Ryan and uh, uh, Sperano can't see that either. How come none of the coaching staff understands that? Why did they use Tebow like they do when when it's so obvious to, to us sitting on the couch watching the game?
0: And, and I don't like the way they use him. You know, the a big hype about him coming there. Why did you even bring him there? You're really not going to use him. And, and, and I think you brought him there to put pressure on Sanchez and to have a great backup quarterback. When your top quarterback isn't performing, he's usually pulled from the game, and the the backup usually gets the start. I thought Tebow played great. I, I think he does bring fire to the to the team. The defense played great. Like I say, Andre Johnson, they held them the whole first had to no catches, and I thought they did play great. But Tebow gave him a better chance to win. But you're right, they have no receivers, and the Jets used to be a ground-and-pound team. They don't do that anymore. They've gotten away from that. That They're trying to do too much, trying to throw the ball. I don't know, spread the field with no receivers. But Tebow gives you the best option. You know, you can run all kind of plays with him. He does have a, a decent arm. You know he will find an open receiver, and and you know if he's not there, he get you ten yards off first down. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. I wonder what's going to happen. I know it's going to be a big stink next week and in the paper this week about Tebow playing. So it's yet to be determined, but I still will stick to my statement and say that he will be in before the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that was a, that was a great game to do it. Now they got a game against Indianapolis coming up and. You know, maybe they do it their game. I don't know. You know, but but I'm, I'm like you. I'm concerned about the way they're using Tebow. I don't understand it. Number one, I, I I don't know. Like you said, why they bring a guy in if he's not gonna do what he does best and that's win games. He's not, You're flashy. Such a guy like he's not Tebow. flashy, Yeah, he's not flashy. He's not a big on quarterback. He just he just wins games. That's it. Right. So why not let him do what he wants to do? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, also get to the Mavericks and the NBA as well. You're listening to the RF Sports Radio Show live on rfsportsradio.com. I got up this morning late again, rushing, trying to get to the station, didn't have time to fix coffee or breakfast or even grab a lunch. And I jumped in my car and realized, ah, I don't even have gas. I stopped by the Texaco in DeSoto on Hampton and Pleasant Run, walked in, and immediately thought, this can't be a gas station. And I was right. It was Maryland's fine foods. The The friendly staff there was able to give me a fresh-made breakfast from scratch, also a gourmet box lunch, and not to mention a tank of gas, too. I got to work and had an awesome day and then thought my family would love to have a break from fast food, so I went online to Maryland's Fine Foods and placed an order for my entire family. And you know what? When I got to the DeSoto, it was hot and ready for me to pick up on my way in. Trust me, guys, you've got to try Maryland's Fine Foods, located in DeSoto at Hampton Road in Pleasant Run. Give them a call at 972-274-1070. That's 972-274-1070. Or try them online at Maryland'sFineFoods.com. Welcome back, everyone, to our program. You're listening to RF Sports Radio, rfsportsradio.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. This week is the uh, Texas OU Weekend here in Dallas. we going to be giving away some tickets to the OU Watch Party, uh, Texas OU Watch Party, which will be held at Venus on Saturday. Uh, Doors open at 9 o'clock, just an hour before kickoff at 10 a.m. So stay tuned, I'll be through to RFSN, to our website listen to the live feed, or go to TuneIn Radio, type in RFSN, because you hear our uh, 24-hour sports talk from a fan's perspective, and that'll give you everything you need to know in order to, uh, give you everything you need to know in order to win the tickets. And, uh, I think you got your phone and speakerphone.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm back. Hello,
1: okay, yeah, let's, be, let's get back into it. Talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs real fast. All right, and of course, to give you guys a quick update on what's going on in Major League Baseball, the playoffs have started. Before we get to the Rangers and their collapses, update everyone on what the Series are right now. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Nationals are tied at one and one. The Orioles and the Yankees are tied at one and one as well. Last night we saw the Giants uh, get a win of, uh get a. Um, the Giants get a, get a get a win against the Reds to force the fourth of game four. Uh, that series now is two uh, one Cincinnati in the lead, and of course the uh, Detroit Tigers. Lose last night to Oakland, Oakland forcing the game four. Detroit leads their series 2-1 uh, currently right now as well, too. So, uh, of those series, like I said, the, the one that looks like it's about over is the Cincinnati Reds one, I think, and the Detroit Tigers one as well. Oakland's going to have to win a lot of games at home, consecutive games. is going to be too hard to do. Giants in the same boat. And the uh, Yankees and the Orioles look like a good series, along with the Cardinals and the Nationals as well, too. You're talking about
0: still in the game. Oakland stole that game yesterday.
1: Yeah, they did, big time, <laughs> winning, winning 2-0. You know, in my opinion, I, I think really the strongest teams to me, um, for some reason, I like what Cincinnati's doing. I, I, I like what I've seen from them. You know, the Watson Nassos are the story that I really, really like. It's a story or as a franchise and, and everything. You know, of course, the whole controversy about Strasburg and all that good stuff, but I like what Cincinnati's doing. And I like what Detroit's doing as well too. You know, I don't want the 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 A's to go because, of course, what they did to the Rangers. But I like All what right. the Detroit Tigers are doing, and I think the Baltimore Orioles, if they can get past the Yankees, of course, will have a a pretty big, good chance there as well too. So, uh, but now we got everybody updated on the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit more about the home team, the Texas Rangers, who had a epic. Collapse. I don't know any what any other way to describe what happened at the end of the season, leading the AOS from Game Four all the way to Game 161, and it's that last game when they they lost their they lost it. I mean, they lost the lead, they lost the chance to get in the playoffs, and they go to a wild card game against the Orioles, a home game for the Rangers, and they lose that game too. After having Hugh Darvish come out and pitch, their their ace guy. And so a lot of people are putting the blame in different places. We put out a fan poll on the website and asked all the fans where do they put the blame at. So before we get to that, Russ, let me just tell me a little bit about your thoughts on who gets the blame or or who, if anyone, should be responsible for this big this big collapse from this team that went to two straight World Series uh, World Series playoffs.
0: Uh, our series long. The Rangers gave me hope that they could return to the national stage. They led their division all year long, and to collapse at the end was a big disappointment. Of course, now I'm beginning to think this team, that's all they do is collapse. But the last three years, we saw them collapse. Last year, they were one out away from winning the championship, and they didn't. The year before that, they went out, they made it to the championship and lost. And this year to lead the division and lose, it's got to be a big letdown. So I don't know. I, this team is starting to get a collapse tag put on them by me. But I, I, I think you know you're riding with the same guys. At some point, I think it's time to blow this team up. I think Hamilton's gone. They're gonna let him try to market. Uh, Napoli, I'll keep. Beltra I'll keep. But but you know we said it at the beginning of the season. They really didn't. They got Darvish, the but they didn't do a lot as far as pitching is concerned, and I think that's the problem. But a lot of people blame blaming Josh Hammond for, not, for being a no-show the last month or so. The bat's getting cold. Uh, I don't know if I could put it on the coach. I, I don't think I can. But uh, I think they blow this team up and, and, and do something good. They are a good organization, and I, I think the players let the coach down.
1: Well, I, I can tell you from what what's happened so far in our fan poll, a lot of people are putting the blame, and the winner of our fan poll as far as where the blame should go is manager Ron Washington. Wow. Um and, and, and that's what everyone's been writing and, and sending their votes in for. The reaction on Twitter from the, uh, from the poll has been Ron Washington as well, too. And a lot of people are looking at the fact that they feel like Ron – did not manage the season correctly. Um, they feel like he didn't give the guys enough rest when they needed rest. Playing every game like it's a must-win game, uh, like it's game seven of playoffs. Playing, you know, it, it's, it's not really. And, and I look at it as a whole. I say, okay, well, you know, it's easy to blame the manager, of course, but I think all That's the guys right. in the outfield, all the guys in the outfield had a chance to rest. I mean, he, he rotated them out a lot. Josh missed almost two months of the season, you know, just off and on with his whatever he had going on. But I think the infield players is who they didn't really rest uh, a lot. You know, of course, the injuries, the Bell trade, things like that, of course, helped out, but didn't really give the infield guys a lot of rest. And and, and then the pitching staff, you know. And if you look at it, on the poll we put up there, we had Ron Washington, Josh Hamilton, Ian Kinsler, Michael Young, the pitching staff, the front office, and of course, you can write in your vote. And a lot of people think that Ron Watson was the reason for the collapse. I guess it's easy to blame the manager, but the manager doesn't play the games,
0: right? You know, Absolutely. Like Good. I'm sorry. And, and, and exactly, and what he's done for this franchise—they took him from a nobody to somebody—to go three years with, with the record they had, to go back to back to the national championship. You know, not winning, but you're absolutely right. He doesn't play the game. I fought the players. You can't blame the two losses in the championship game on him. Yet, I thought he did a great job. And you're right; he did play him hard during the regular season. But they had a lead. That's the bad thing about it. they had a lead. They they were five games ahead, and 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 and, and they lose what nine out of thirteen something like that, and, and, and to uh, be one game from winning and don't win, and then you have another chance to make a wild card and not perform up to your duty. I, you can't put that on the coach. You have to put that on the player.
1: Yeah, I would agree to that. And, and, and you know, for me, I think the biggest blame has to go to Josh Hamilton to me. Because right. And the reason why I say that it is it's because when, when, when they went to back-to-back World Series, Ron Washington didn't get any of the credit for doing that. So you, right. so you can't give them all the credit for not going back. You know, you can't blame them now that that they didn't go back, didn't make the playoffs. You can't blame him for that. But, you know, the guy that got a lot of credit for that was Josh Hamilton and the numbers he put up and the years he put up. And, and this right. season for him, you know, by far was the weirdest season I've seen any baseball player go through.
0: Absolutely. You know, he tried to
1: stop dipping, you know, dipping tobacco, during the middle of the season. We know how hard it is to break a nicotine or tobacco right. habit. Yeah, and he wants, with to his try eyes. This. Yeah, he wants to try this in the middle of the season. You know, then he wants yeah. to have the trouble with his eyes. He has, uh, God's punished for me for this. You know, all these different things that were going on throughout. And this is in the middle of the season. Since he hit that right. nine home run week, you know, right. ever since then, he batted about two fifty, you know, since then. And, and basically two eighty average every month since then. And, and the reason why? Because he always put himself through all these different situations in the middle of a in the middle of a season. I don't understand right. that. And, and then and then I put a lot of blame on Ian Kinsler, Michael Young, these guys that have been with the team. Right. The team wasn't winning anything. Right. They know what it is. They know what it's like, you know, in the city and in, in in the community when the Rangers are not doing what they're doing. They know how big of a deal it is to have them go to the World Series. How come no one? Rally at the clubhouse. Where is the guy that was kind of getting the troops together? Hey, guys, we need to do this. Hey, let's right. wake up. I know it's, I know we're tired, but, hey, we're the best team to do it. You know, I think Ron Washington preaches that message to the players. I know he does. But yeah, who is that player in the locker room that's getting these guys ready to go?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I say my boat was Josh Hamilton. He went through it. You know, actually, this started before the season started when he had that relapse. That's right, you know, yeah. And so, if you think about it, he has always had some kind of trouble throughout the year. I thought beltrade played great this year. Uh, you know, he was good. Napoli was Napoli. Of course, now he didn't get as many hits as he did. And, and you're right. It's, it's the team that plays the game. Coaches only uh, make adjustments to what they see. But when it comes down to it, it, it it's in you. You know, whatever. Are you the man to do it? Are you the guy to step up? I didn't see anybody step up, and you're absolutely right. I saw no one step up to rally this, you know, and even their demeanor during that game that they lost to Oakland. I, I thought the demeanor, they, they, you know, they walked around with their heads down, and, right. and nobody, you know, it's just like they lost from the fourth inning on, you know. I didn't see any rally cry. You can see it in the fans' face if you watch that game. They were disappointed, and they were sad. A lot of them were crying because they put on a poor performance.
1: And right. you know, you
0: don't expect that for a team that this good to be that bad. And, You know what I hope? What I hope doesn't happen is they fall into
1: the 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 Cowboys Man. trap. Okay, you know how the right. Cowboys won in the early nineties, right. But never, but never wanted to get younger. It's always one to keep the same guys, keep Troy Aikman, keep Emmitt, keep Michael Irvin, not get the young Dang guys up. a chance, not get the not get the young guys on the team a, a chance to move into the starting lineup and not recycle the team where they needed to be. And, and i really – I've taken my head up to this front office for the moves that they've made in the last three seasons. Right. Getting rid of uh, C.J. Wilson, getting rid of um, uh, other players as well, too, so they can kind of get a good nucleus of people around here. You know, and and, and get bringing the guys know how to win like the Sammy Sosa and 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 uh, for Carl right there for Carl and At, things like that. I so, back to Attic Yeah, you,
0: you know, know and, I'm just
1: I'm just talking about John Daniels in, in general. This this is a job right. he's done. I've been really impressed with the way they spend money. You know, they didn't go after the big contracts when they could. Right. They kind of they went after you, of course, and you have been proven to be a good guy to have here and. And now they're going to the off season where they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Of course, they've already said they're going to let Josh Hamilton go to the free agent market before they offer him a deal, which means he's good as gone. I mean, they're not going to match a big deal right. for him. But they got a lot of money tied up in the Kinsler and the Young and, and, and guys right. and that they, and they have a hard time trading. Nelly Cruz may be a trade deadline type of guy with only one year left on his deal. they got to get Napoli under some type of – long-term contract if they want to at this season. So they got a lot of tough decisions to make. They're really going to make the franchise either become the baseball dynasty that we thought we had over the last two years or really just a, a flash in the pan
0: the last two years.
1: And I think that's where that that at that crossroads right now.
0: Yeah, and, you know, and it's starting to be a trend in Dallas, keeping guys too long. Uh, not making right decision about players. And, and, and we've seen it all the way from the, the, Mavericks, the Mavericks to the Rangers and the Cowboys. And, and this is a big disappointment because uh, this is a great sports town. You know, the people are supportive whether you win or lose. But to to uh, to raise people's expectations the way the Rangers did and become a big letdown, I thought was bad. I do think they'll blow this team up. I'm not going to blame Ron Washington yet. Uh, I've seen worse coaches and managers, but I thought he did a great job to put a franchise They wasn't even in the limelight to bring them to the forefront. I thought it was great management skills and you write the front office done a great job, but like it come down to the players and they have a lot It's gonna be a long summer for these guys. trust me well,
1: let me ask you let me ask you something though as a as a as a local sports fan a ranger fan is your opinion of the franchise? Franchise change now. Do you think they really are that that good team, the best team in the American League, like like they have been for the last two years?
0: Well, I will say they're a great regular season team. Uh, in the past, they were either uh, they were awful, they had good runs, but they're a great regular season team. I want to see them be a great playoff team, and they have to get there. They have to get over that hump. Once they get over that hump, they'll be a great franchise. But they've always produced great players. They've always had great players on their team and went on to do better things. They've always had a great farm system. I thought some of the best players come out of the farm system. But it's just they just can't get past that, that tour championship. And I think that's what people want. Having tasted it the last two years and feeling it this year, and to come up short, uh, they will take a long look at this franchise over the summer. And uh, guys just have to do better. I mean, I don't know what you do. I'm just pretty sure they make adjustments during the off season. Great, like I said, great front office. So I look for them to bounce back, I, I think they're a lot of people are beginning to notice them, and I think they're starting to make a name for themselves in the league. But you can't come up short like they did the last three years.
1: You know, and you know it feel you know, like it makes me really, really upset about what happened in game six last year. Right. I, I when know. He dropped, I when know. he didn't catch that fly ball, when Nelly missed that fly ball. It just makes me even more upset because that, that was our championship. That was that our championship. That was it. That was it right there. And it shows you just, you got to take every opportunity, you know, to heart every time. You, you've got to. You, you really have no choice, but but you have to. Let's talk uh, real quick before we end up our show, let's talk a little bit about the Mavericks and the war of words between uh Mark Cuban, who's of course as we know him very outspoken, and uh Darren Williams. Darren Williams came out during training camp uh during uh, some questioning and basically said, uh, you know what, if Cuban had been there when they made the Mavericks made the pitch about him coming to Dallas, he probably would have come to Dallas. Um and of course, uh, Cuban fired back yesterday, saying, "Hey, I can't believe that Darren would throw his team under the bus like that." You know, basically saying, "Hey, I would have went to Dallas if Cuban would have showed up, and yet I'm gonna, you know, be here all season, play season with you guys." And and I'll be honest with you, my opinion about this is, I think Darren was, well, I think I don't think he was telling the truth at all. I don't think there was right. anything that, that the Mavericks could have done or Cuban could have done to really uh, get him to come to Dallas. I mean, there's too many opportunities in Brooklyn. And, and the guy, not like the guy's in love with Dallas. Spend, he doesn't spend his off seasons here. And and to be the face of the Brooklyn Nets, a new franchise, new jerseys, new arena, I think it's too hard to pass up to come to Dallas. So I don't know why you said it. And, and I know if you say anything about Mark Cuban, he's going to say something right back. So maybe he was trying yeah. to get some more news in the in some in the headlines with his name. Or, I don't know what that was all about, but but you know, Q not going to keep his mouth closed.
0: Uh, 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 absolutely, and there was no secret all summer that's who the Mavericks wanted to go go get. Darren Williams. He knew this. Everybody knew this. You know, that, of course. Now he made the decision to go, to go to Brooklyn, and I think it was because of. The, hip-hop thing with Jay-Z, you know, younger. He'll be the man up there and won't be the man because we know this is Dirk Nowitzki's team here in Dallas. And, and and I thought for him to say that, but I thought was childish because, you know, you still could have came to Dallas. You know, it's no secret that Mark Cuban wanted you. You know, he right. just wasn't there to greet you. Everybody knew it. That's all they talked about all summer. It was a big deal, where, you know, with Dallas or Brooklyn, came out of those two teams. You made your choice. I don't want to hear anything else. Stick with your decision. And, of course, like you said, Mark Cuban's not wanting to keep his mouth shut. And I'm pretty sure he fired back. But like I said, if Darren wanted to come to Dallas, he could have been a Dallas Maverick right away.
1: But well, why say it though? I mean, why even... Why
0: you know, even and that, that that's that belittling us. Your, your team is like, I could have went to Dallas, but I chose to stay here. You know, what does that say to your teammates? Yeah, that,
1: that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't understand the whole rationale behind it. I don't – it doesn't make any sense to me to do something like that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's no secret that Dallas wanted him. You know, he knew it. We knew it. The public knew it. Everybody knew it. Like I said, it came down to those two teams, and you made your decision, so go play in Brooklyn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Mavericks so far in the preseason, of course, had to go overseas and – get pulled in every direction, and they're one-and-one. One. Uh, of course, Dirk didn't play yesterday because of a bruised knee. But we'll be a chance to see them for the first time on uh, Monday, on the 15th. Monday, right. Yeah, right. so so let me just, you know, and in, in I'm going to put a statement out here. I want to get your opinion. I know we're going to talk more about the NBA and our NBA preview show coming up in two weeks. But let me put this out there. I've been doing some research to give you guys a little taste of, the NBA preview show that we're going to do. I think this may be the best offensive team the Mavericks have had since Marquis was taking over the team. Wow. I mean, I'm just kind of on the fence about it, but looking at the numbers and looking at the players and the roster, this may be the best offensive team that he's had. You know, I don't know defensively what they can do, but this may be the best scoring team the Mavericks have put together since
0: he was taking over the team? Well, I, I would say on paper but th- the main thing behind this team is can they play together? And on paper they, they look like they can compete with anybody. I didn't see it in the first preseason game only, but that's the preseason they've only been together like a couple of weeks but uh, I expect them to get better. Uh, Dirk has to stay healthy and that's the main thing. These guys have to stay healthy. Chris Kamen is injury prone. I don't think he's played 30 games in the last five seasons. He has to stay healthy. If they stay healthy and if everybody plays their role, I look for them to be a real competitive team. Yeah, you
1: guys think I about this? You
0: think this is about
1: this? I'm that. Yeah, well, well, I'm just 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 hear me out. Wait till we get to the preview show, but just hear me think about it. You know, until from now and then. and we'll do our NBA preview show in about two weeks, so. Thank uh, so you, everyone. today. And, and see
0: you brother, before we go, I want to give condolences to Alex Garris and his family. He passed away. He played 12 years in the NFL, and three Pro Bowls, Pro Bowls. He was on the uh, Webster, if you remember. He was on the show Webster, and he also played in Blazing South. So he passed away, and my condolences go out to him. Uh, I, I watched him growing up playing. I know you don't know a lot about it, but, you know, I just wanted to say that.
1: All right. So, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Make sure you go back and download our show on iTunes. You a search for RF Sports Radio. Make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app and type in RFSN to get sports talk from a fan's perspective 24-7. Stay tuned to RFSN all week long to win your tickets to the biggest Texas OU watch party in the DFW Metroplex uh, provided by the OU Black Alumni Association. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon for supporting Sports Talk from a Fan's Perspective. SportsRadio dot com.